Good evening, church. It's time for us to begin. Ah, okay. That announcement. Okay. Let's go to God in prayer, please. Almighty God, we praise you, we love you, and thank you. We ask for your help in our study tonight, that you will bless us and allow your words to speak to us, that we may each grow and become what you would like for us to become, stronger and more faithful to you. Rescue us from evil and deliver us from temptation. In Jesus' holy name we pray and thank you. It be thy will. Amen. Tonight, uh, thinking about uh, maintaining so, so two ideas, a good posture and, and self-control. And I don't mean sitting posture or standing. Thank you. <laughs> Composure. <laughs> um, you remember when Jesus was with the apostles and um, we're, we're, let's start with self-control. And um, John and James came to Jesus and they said, we found some disciples and they wouldn't follow us, follow you. So would you like us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? Remember and then Jesus says, you don't know what manner of spirit you are of, right? And so tonight I want to talk about, uh, we're still on the idea of keeping a positive mental attitude. Tonight we're going to talk about knowing ourselves, right? Our, our boundaries, our limitations, so that we don't exceed our own boundary and our own limitation, which causes us to spiral out of control, right? And we lose our, our proper uh, mindset, if you will. So I want to look at Proverbs 25 and verse 28. And while we're looking there, the question that I want to think about is, do I truly know myself? Right? So the Bible, what, 2 Corinthians 13 and verse 5, um, and, and also a few other places it talks about examination, right? 1 Corinthians 11. To examine myself. Why is it important for me to examine myself in regards to the idea of self-control. Why is that important? Anyone? Why is it important to examine myself in regards to self-control? Why is that important? No thoughts, no ideas. Okay, you'll never know where you are. You'll, you'll never know um, because you, you got to have a starting point. Uh, that's really important, Yes. Is, why is it so important to, to have a self-examination? To examine your own self, your own, your own mental understanding of your own level of self-control. Pat said, because you'll never know where you are. Uh, yeah, you, okay, to know what we have to fix. So we examine ourselves for our own uh, spiritual uh, development and growth. Yes. That's to know your triggers. Right? To know your triggers. And part of knowing your triggers, you might also know people because this person always seems to find my triggers. Right? Uh, good. To know your triggers. What else? Why is it important to know ourselves in regards to self control? To know our triggers, to know where we are. Um, Tracy said, what, oh, so you don't um, 
Uh, you can keep looking at your spiritual self and grow spiritually. What's another reason? Uh, let's hear, in the, yes, in the back. Did you have something? Okay, make sure you're aligned with what God says to make sure you're doing what God says, following his, his rules, his laws, uh, his regulations. Was there another? Also, along with all of those, which they're all correct and they're all perfect, um, but just continuing along that thought so that I don't spiral out of control. Right? All that leads us to spiraling out of control. You know this word? It's, it's a tough one. Um, and, you know, preachers have been, you know, I guess, known to not use this word well. And, and so, many of, so many of us have been, not just preachers. The word is no. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, members come and say, hey, they, I need you to do this. I need you to do that. I need you. And you got to know how to say no, but also learn how to delegate, right? It's important in our lives. We do that every day. Sometimes our boss comes or someone comes and they overwhelm us because we don't know how to say no. Is no a bad word? No. <laughs> See, you can say it when you're answering the question. It's not a bad word. You have to know your boundaries. You have to be able to limit yourself. You have to know when you just, you know, not when enough is enough. Don't go that far, if you will, where, you know, I'm at that point where I'm irritated and agitated. But before you get to that point, know how to say no. I'm not, I'm not capable of fulfilling that desire or that mission right now perhaps i can get to it next week or you know i need more time or you know whatever it may be we have to we have to learn how to establish our own boundaries so that we don't find ourselves spiraling out of control and life is tough right it's already tough enough and so we can be inundated in in any given week at any given moment uh with things ideas that people have and then drive ourselves crazy right we just don't want to do that so proverbs 25 and verse 28, like a city that is broken into without walls is a man who has no control over his spirit. So think about that verse, right? When your, your walls are your protection, you know, in the sense, right, God, but your walls are your protection. Some of those walls are like 80 feet tall, and they have one wall that's like 50 feet tall, and then the next wall behind it, 80 feet tall. I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, what city was that? I need to remember the city. Um... And then it had water in between the two walls, right, to protect them from their enemy. And God says, well, imagine that city without the walls. They're not protected from the enemy. So our own minds and our own hearts need to be protected from, sometimes from ourselves. I got to protect me from me, right? Trying to be more than, I'm, than I am, you know, right, sometimes. Or, or trying to really please someone so you go beyond the call of duty, when you really didn't want to. Then you do it with impure motives, right? So we have to learn how to set boundaries because if not, we'll find ourselves spiraling out of control. So that's really, that's one idea. Now I want to go to Ecclesiastes 7. I told you last week we're going here. And I, I really, really, I really enjoy the passage now that I've confronted it so many times. And you, you've, you've confronted it. You've read this passage many times over. But so tonight for some, I'm going to remind you of something you already know, and, and I may be showing you something you haven't read lately, or maybe you've forgotten about it over time. Next part of, the next part of, of self-control is learning how um, to ensure that you don't take everything personally. 
right? I mean, that's so easy, isn't it? It's so easy to take everything so personally that, you know, we're, we're um, walking on eggshells or we're, um, we're, just, we're just finding that there's just so much sensitivity in, in our hearts and in our minds. We can't do that, right? We have to keep things in perspective. You know, is this, and I, I like to say this every now and then to myself, okay, Tony, preacher, is this a God thing or is this a preacher thing? Right? I mean, you know, well, I don't know. If, this is not me. This is, I'm going to leave this one to God. I'm not even going to touch it, right? And we have to know how to do that. Even, we might even say, well, that's not my issue. That's, a, that's this issue over here. Yes, I can help with it, but I'm not going to allow myself to be drawn into it, right? And that's important, right? Like uh, Galatians chapter 6, when you go and restore someone, you know, always look to yourself first. That's really important. Can I even handle that? Maybe I'm not the right guy for that. Right? I might say, mm, you know what, thank you for that, but I, am, I, I know someone who can help. You know, right? I know someone uh, who can help. Okay, Ecclesiastes 7 and verse 15. I've seen everything during my lifetime of futility. That is a righteous man who perishes in his righteousness, and there is a wicked man who prolongs his life in his wickedness. Do not be excessively righteous and do not be overly wise. Why should you ruin yourself? Let's think about that for a minute, right? You ever met? You ever been? <laughs> yeah, we've been there. We've met some folks that are just a little, a little above their own pay grade in their own mind, right? You go, mm, this guy, you know, this person knows everything. You ever been there? <laughs> uh, sometimes that could drive us. It could drive us crazy. But have I ever been there? Right. Do not be, next verse, do not be excessively wicked and do not be a fool. Why should you die before your time? So there's, you know, Ecclesiastes 3, time and a place. But there are folks who've died before their time, right? And we could probably list some events that would cause people to die before their time, right? We could, we could think about that easily. Verse 18, it is good that you grasp one thing and also not let go of the other, for the one who fears God comes forth with both of them. And he's not saying come forth with, with you know, choosing, picking and choosing your evil. Because we are evil, we're, that's there. But God is not giving us permission to be evil. But what God is saying is recognize that just like the man next to you struggles with evil, so does the man next to him, <laughs> me. Right? I can easily point out everyone else's, you know, their issues. But I need to remember to look at my own issues. That's really important, right? So I don't become, again, someone who lacks self-control when I'm spiraling out of, out of control because I'm looking at everyone else and I'm trying to fix them without thinking about fixing who? Yeah, me, right? The guy sitting next to the guy I'm trying to fix, right? Okay, so here's the example he gives. Uh, beginning of verse, um, well, technically it's in verse 21, but wisdom strengthens, verse 19, wisdom strengthens a wise man more than ten rulers who are in a city. Indeed, there is not a righteous man on earth who continually does good and who never sins. So here's the setup. That's the setup verse, by the way. Verse 21. Also, do not take seriously all the words you hear spoken, lest you hear your servant cursing you. So what happens when you hear that? I get upset, right? 
oh, I can't believe they're talking about me like that. I just, they didn't know I was there. You know, I was behind the corner or something. And, and I, they, you know, I heard them saying, you know, the preacher. And they, just, and they just went on about me, you know. And then I come around the corner and I go, ha, I caught you. <laughs> um, listen to the catch, verse 22. But you also realize that you've likewise many times cursed others. That's the checkmate, Right? So when I start looking at everybody else, I've got to ask myself, have I ever done that? <laughs> before I start, you know, before I become the super judge, have I ever done that? Yeah. Am I guilty? Of, yeah. It's always that, that inward look. When you're talking about self-control, it's, it's always the inward look. You know, when I was a kid, I know my brain was gone too. But that's not an excuse. We've got to get it together. It helps me with patience. It helps me with tolerance. It helps me with uh, my own... Uh, perspectives of life. It reminds me of where I used to be. And so it, it helps me to, to, to have more, um, I guess, if you will, more time for people. It's tough, isn't it? Life is, life is, life is a challenge. But I have to maintain self-control uh, to maintain a relationship with Jesus that is pleasing in his sight. And so to attain this or to maintain this, I must continually look at myself because I've got to control. Let's look at Colossians for just a moment. I have to control my attitude, maybe in places where I might say it's unfair because the world does not. But that's, that's not necessarily true. We're all accountable to God. But I have to maintain my attitude in a proper, or keep it in a proper perspective, and maintain my attitude in such a way to where uh, all of my actions, all of my behaviors are always aligned with Jesus. Who's done that? <laughs> right. Good. Right. We're, we're, we're a work in progress, aren't we? We're a work in progress. And that, that's one of those things. It's like, you know, we start thinking about our relationship with other people. Like, I cannot control what other people do. I can only control what? What I do. I cannot control how others think. I can only control how I think. So it's this continual um, look, if you will, inward look to register up here to say, okay, Tony, step back and let God take care of God things. And you take care of things that you can take care of. So here's what God commands us in Colossians uh, chapter 4 and verse 5. Conduct yourselves with wisdom toward outsiders, making the most of the opportunity. I'll come back to that. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned as it were with salt, so that you may know how you should respond to each person. So I, I have to have self-control for that. <laughs> You know, season, I have to always think about what I'm going to say before I what? Say it. So we have to think more, don't we? We have to, like, think first. Like, okay, how do I want to respond to this? You know, a wise man ponders before giving an answer. Right? Think about how you want to respond and then stop and say, oh, how does Jesus want me to respond? <laughs> how does Jesus want me to respond? How do I want to respond? I may want to respond negatively because I'm, I'm, I don't know, irritated. I'm affected by the statement. I, you know, whatever. But if I think about how Jesus wants me to respond, 
it just, it challenges me, right? And the only way I can think about it in such a way to where I can say, okay, let me do this better because I know I'm guilty of the same stuff probably, right? And, and since I'm guilty of the same stuff, I really need to be careful of how I come down so hard on that. Now, do I, do I excuse their behavior? No, right? We, this, is how you, this is how you help people without excusing their behavior. You know, I'm so sorry you're in this, in this condition you're in, and uh, we, we'd love to be able to help you. Look, the Bible says, see how I got out of that just that quickly? I'm not, I don't have to judge you. I don't have to worry about your life. I can just say, sorry you're in this situation. You know, I might even say, I've been there a time or two myself. But look, the Bible says, here's what Jesus says. And then you just go to your Bible and you say, let's open it up and let's take a look. Well, look at what he says. Oh, he says, he, says, he says this, and then he says that, and then he says this. But what happens is, I have an opinion, right? And since I have so much to say, remember Ecclesiastes 7, don't be overly wise. Since I have so much to say, I want you to know what I have to say. But I'd rather you know what God has to say, right? Because that's what gets me out of it. See how easy that is? So I can maintain self-control. Because then when they say, well, I'm not going to do that, they're not even talking to me, are they? Look at 1 Thessalonians just for just a moment. Chapter, uh, let me think, 4 and verse 8. So I'm, I'm trying to maintain my composure and self-control, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, okay, so on one hand, I can say, this is how you should do this because this is what I think you should do. On the other hand, if I know what's in the Bible, which everything pretty much is, I go to the Word of God, and God will say, this is how you should do this, right? And then watch what happens. There's a shift. Verse, uh, verse 7, 1 Thessalonians 4, For God has not called us for the, for the purpose of impurity, but in sanctification. Consequently, he who rejects this, the Word of God, is not rejecting man, but God who gives his Holy Spirit to you. So when, if I say this is what the Bible says, and we read it together, and they become angry, upset, irritated, bothered. Who are they angry at? They're angry at God. So do I have to take it personally? No, it's not my battle. That's a God thing. I can step away and say, is there anything else I can do to help you? I mean, I can, I can step away from this whole situation because I've given them God. It's a, it's a God thing. I have to find out how do I maintain my, my self, my dignity, my self-respect, my composure, using my words, speaking my words with, as seasoned with salt. How do I do that? The more you give them the Bible, the more that you allow God to take control of your situation. Right? Now, how does that work with me? I should do the same thing with me. Well, I'm just upset about this. Go look for it in the Bible. Let God tell you how to do it. Let God tell you how to deal with your relationships. You know? I'm really bothered about this situation. And go to the Bible and see if you can find the answers in there right? You'll gain a wealth of knowledge, right? Sometimes it's not fun because you keep looking and looking, but it's always going to speak to you. The Word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. It's living, right? So that means it's living in the moment as well. So it's in the past, the present, and the future. It still relates. And so I can step away from things sometimes even when I don't want to. If I just, if I give them, you know, what does the Bible say? What does the Bible say? Remember a long time ago, uh, I'm going back to Colossians 4. People used to say, you know, um, that the church, members of the Church of Christ 
I learned this. I didn't know this, but, you know, Bible thumpers. You know, it was a, I don't know what the term they used. Um, I don't know what they used in, what they say in your day, Jerry? <laughs> say, what did they say? Like when you, okay, down south, everything down south. Um, Bible thumpers, or you're, you're, you know, you people always go to the Bible, or you're the people of the book. Remember a long time ago when um, it was, was written and recorded, I don't know which courthouse it was found in, when they couldn't find a Bible, they would ask if they remember the Church of Christ there, and they lay their hands, lay your hands on that guy's head, you know, because we were people of the book. I don't know that we can say that any longer. I hope, I hope that it doesn't apply to us, but we have to be people of the book, right? Because that's where the answers are of life. It's not, it's not in me. You're never going to find it in me. You know, I love telling people what Daniel uh, said. I don't have the answers, O king, but I know who does, right? I don't have them. I, I know we can go. We can take a look. Let's go take a look. We'll go take a look. Colossians 4, um, verse verse. Five is the conduct that we are looking for as far as Christianity is in the presence of the world, right? In general, conduct yourselves in a worthy manner. Conduct yourselves with wisdom toward outsiders. Where's the greatest book of wisdom? It's the Bible. It's on, it's on your phone. It's, it's everywhere in it, right? You could, so why not go to the greatest book in the world? Who's the greatest psychologist on earth? And in, right, I mean, who who knows every? Just I mean, it's all in here. It really and truly. Is. So it's always in principle, not always necessarily in specific, but it's always in here. So you have to just you got to keep digging to find all the answers. Again, I don't know the answers all of them, but I do know where they can be found. So let your speech, verse six again. Always be with grace, season as it were with salt. So. So it doesn't mean that, it doesn't, you know, with grace doesn't mean you, you condone a situation, right? Um, but we, we give them, again, we give them God's word. But make sure your words are seasoned, right? Make sure you have something to say. If you don't have anything to say, maybe, maybe leave that one alone, right? Have something to say. And we get it, we get it from uh, the power of, of the scriptures. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 11, please, and, and verse 30. Sometimes, um, because of my lack of faith, I may not see something that someone else, someone else sees or knows. And we, we are, are Christians. We are linked to God. And being linked to God means that people who know us are going to come to us and ask us for what? Prayers, right? They're going to ask us for prayers. They might not even like us, but they're going to ask us for prayers because we, they know we're linked to God. So make sure that your, your words are seasoned with salt and that you've conducted yourself in a way that's pleasing to God. Verse 30, Proverbs 11. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he who is wise wins souls. So that's, that's the, really the whole picture of our lives in a nutshell, isn't it? It's about, it's about winning souls. It's about showing wisdom, exemplifying wisdom. And wisdom comes through experience, and it does come with age, but I can show you some unwise older men too, and older women, right? And I can show you some wise younger folks, but we know we get it from here, right, from the, from the Word of God. So we want to make sure that our lives exemplify 
the, or, or manifest in a, in a way or another the life of Jesus. When this person sees me, they see Jesus. Now, on one, on one level, you could say, boy, that's a mighty large um, or a huge undergoing to make sure that, or undertaken to make sure that when people see me, they see Jesus. And then I'd remind you and say, most people don't know Jesus, right? So you can do it, right? Because their standards are actually way lower than the standards that Jesus would have. I'm not making that as an excuse, but what I'm saying is it applies to all of us, right? None of us are, are exempt. Okay, accountability. Chapter, chapter 10 of Proverbs in verse 4. Accountability. Poor is he who works with a negligent hand, but the hand of the diligent makes, makes rich. So composure, Christianity is about hard work. Right? Not, not, not physical labor necessarily. Speaking of, though, this passage speaks of certainly the physical, but the spiritual. You gotta, we have to work really hard at our Christian walk of faith. Right? Now, I, I can say that um, I have worked harder in my worldly affairs in a, in a lot of instances than I have in my Christian affairs. I can say that about me. I don't know about you, but I used to be in the army, and I was a boxer, and I'm going to tell you, I worked really, really, really hard. And it wasn't necessarily because I was a super athlete. It was because I just didn't want to get beat up too badly, <laughs> right? There was, a, there was a motive behind that. You know, these guys are training really hard, and I've got to get in the ring with them next week. I better catch up, you know, right? And so there was a, a hidden motive in there. Well, um, when you when you use that same picture, Satan's working really hard, right? And he doesn't take a vacation, right? Sin, sin works hard. The idea, the aspect, idea of evil, evil is everywhere, right? We really have to work hard at our Christian walk. I mean, we've got to. What does that mean to work hard? Then, what does it mean to work hard at our Christian walk, our Christian faith? What does that mean? What does that mean to you? Go ahead. Okay. Okay. Constant um, prayer and self-examination and making sure that God is in as many moments. You started to say every moment, which is true, in as many moments as possible in our lives. Yes, sir. Right? Study the Bible and keep trying to learn. Yeah, it's going it's to keep us strong. We will find the answers. It's in the Bible, right? They're in there. Uh, Old Testament to New, right? You can't, don't, you know, pick and choose. Sometimes you can just pick the Bible up and just open it up and just start reading. You'll learn something if you ask God to help you, right? So we're going to stand praying. What else? What's another thing that we can do? Yes. No. What was that? No. No, yeah. No. Yeah. Tell yourself when you're no. In, when you're in it and then you say no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe I just need to stop and say no. Step back. Repent. Sorry. <laughs> I was in the wrong phase. Mm-hmm. Wrong attitude. Wrong time. Mm-hmm. Whatever wrong. Everything. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so no. I don't want this. I want that. Learn how to say no. 
Walk away from sin. Say no to the devil. Right? Say no. No to self. That's a good one. Say no to self. Yes. No. Anything else? Yes. Be alert. Always be alert. Right? Satan's always around the corner, isn't he? Now, you know, I know I keep using Satan. And by the way, when we begin to study, we're going to do a series on Satan. We can't keep, we, you know, Satan's, I get it, he's alive. But you know who Satan really is in, in most cases, right? Yeah, it's me, right? I'm my own Satan because I have my own lust, my own evil. Uh, James tells us that. But we'll get there when we look into that lesson. Did you have something over there? Nope. Okay. Um, how about this one? It sounds ancient, but it's not. Meditating on the Word of God, right? It sounds like that's an, well, that's an old ancient idea. No, that's a very realistic idea even to this day to meditate on the Word of God. So you can read the Word of God and then, and then think about the Word of God. We used to play a game uh, in, in Christ. We used to always, my young, you know, we were younger in, in the faith and trying to learn the Bible. So we would, and even though we would, I'll be honest, sometimes you got to take the Bible out of context in this game, it's just a game. <laughs> try and learn the game. You try to think of as many Bible verses as you can for every situation you see in life. Right? And when I say take it out of context, I mean something like, um, you know, if, if someone's speeding, what, what scripture would you go to? If someone's speeding and you're thinking about generically, how would I go to the Bible about someone in the car driving really fast? What, what scripture would you go to? I said, well, Romans 13. Say, oh, Romans 13. Obey the government, obey the laws of the land, and look at that person there, not obeying the laws of the land. And then, you know, we would play a fun game, right? But you start thinking about the principles of the Bible, and you may not even know it's in Romans 13. You just know the Bible says obey the laws of the land. So you, you realize that, and you go, I got it, okay. You know, and then you, you go, and we did that. We do it on a regular basis, and uh, we do it with ourselves. We, you know, and we say, well, I know your prayers, when they hit the ceiling and bounce back down. <laughs> Why would I say that? Because God doesn't hear every prayer. Right? And you say, well, how do you know that? First Peter 3, verse 7. What does it say? A man who's mistreating his wife and not treating his wife properly, his prayers will be hindered. Right? And there are other passages too, Isaiah 59. There are other scriptures you can add in there and we go, oh, well, I don't need you praying for me because those prayers are going, Ooh, right back there. Right? And we would, we would laugh about that and we would, but we're just thinking about the scriptures and and that's a good thing you can do. That's part of meditating. Thinking about the Bible and just kind of bouncing ideas off of each other. Um, so there are other things we can do. Games are fun, right? And so learn to meditate. Find what, uh, whatever helps you to meditate on the Scriptures to help you to work really hard at your Christian walk of faith. Yes? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, thank you very much. Uh, he, Danny says, uh, just to back up what I'm saying, is that, you know, Psalm 119, the word meditate is used so many times. Meditate, meditation uh, in, that, in that particular passage, and it really is. But even, even carrying that into the New Testament, just go to Acts 16. 
I mean, just you can look at so many scriptures and the activity of the saints. They were meditating over and over again. Right? What do you think they were thinking about? What was Paul thinking about in jail? <laughs> think about that. Read what he said. Don't be ashamed of me in my chains. Uh, Philippians. Think about what he said, but then think about what he was saying. I'm thinking about, he says, I'm always thinking about 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, the church. If he's always thinking about the church, what is he thinking about? The scriptures, right? God. That's what he's thinking about. All it is is thinking. That's all meditating is, you know, it's not the, I know we look, you look back, you think about meditation, we might think of Buddhist, you know, Buddhism, Taoism, right, right, though. The, no, it's, it's a mind thing. It's thinking about the scriptures, right? Thinking about God, thinking about my situation. I might even think about some things I messed up. And, well, you know, I really lost my composure there. I, 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 I lost my self-control, and I did this, and I should have done that based on, and I might write some ideas down based on what the scriptures say, right? I got to think about how to be better, right? We do it on a regular, we do it in every other aspect of life. Why not do it with Christ? And the Bible tells us to do it. So think about the scriptures. Let your mind dwell on Philippians 4. Isn't that what it says? Isn't, that medit- isn't Philippians 4 about meditation? Right? If you're looking for, let's go read it. A, a new, if you're looking for a New Testament passage to, um, to gain a deeper level of your Christian walk of faith, Philippians 4, verse 8. Is a powerful meditation verse, right? Um, Philippians 4, verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatever is true. Well, what is true? Well, you got to think about that. I mean, well, right? It, whatever is uh, honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there's any excellence, if anything worthy of praise, let your mind dwell. That's meditation, isn't it? Let your mind dwell on these things. That's meditation. It's not just, you don't have to go back to the old to get it. It's all through the Bible. It's through people's actions and activities. It's written and recorded. It's even, it's even um, taught through statements, necessary inferences that you, you and, and even given examples, um, approved examples of people meditating on the Word of God because they're thinking, right? They're thinking about God and what God might say. And so, to fulfill some of the passages in the scriptures, you have to think first. To think about them. How am I going to, how does this relate to my life? All right? Yes, sir. Right. Mm-hmm. 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 Right. That's right. That's right. Um, Mary uh, is speaking of things that Mary treasured in her heart. The scripture says about, about Jesus, about what Jesus said in the temple, about what Jesus did. Again, you can look at people's lives as you look at the scriptures and examine them, and you'll see this, you know, meditation happening, although it doesn't say they're meditating. You can, you can look in different uh, I, different ideas that carry the thought of meditation um, in them. So we're looking at and thinking about ways that I can be better as a child of God or I can transform my life. And certainly thinking about those, the scriptures 
reading the scriptures, praying, trying to involve God in all and every uh, situation, certainly those things, meditating, help us to become better at our Christian walk of faith. Um, what about um, experience? Right? You know those things that I always I say, oh, I don't want to go through that. Maybe I need to go through that. I don't want to go through that. I'm not going to sign up. Right? But, but, you know, some, my experiences in life, whether I'm, whether I'm ill or whatever it may be, you know, that, that also is a chance to say, okay, not necessarily what can I learn and why is God doing this to me because it's not always God doing. Right? Every good and perfect gift bestowed comes from the Father above. So it's just life that happens. When life happens, when life happens, it's easier to look to Jesus. So let's take advantage of that. Let's take advantage of the bad times in our life to look to Jesus. Because we're automatically going to do that. But now let's take a look and let's take advantage of the good times in our lives. You know, when someone says, I ask, how was your, how was your day? Oh, I had, a, I had a rough day. You want to talk about it? No, no, not right now. Okay. But when someone wants to talk about it, what part of your day was rough? And you know what you'll find out? It was just like a little piece. There's 24 hours in a day, right? So when you tell me you had a hard day and it was only like that one hour where, you know, whatever was going on, if it's just that one hour and you got, you got 24 hours in a day, maybe it wasn't a bad day. Maybe it was a bad episode within your day. How much good was in your day today? Let's meditate on that one. That helps. How much good was in your day? Now, we, we say this. Um, a person is, I don't know, 92, and, and they are on their deathbed, and then we go, yep, but they lived a good long life. Thank God for that. Why can we do it with a person that's 92, but we can't do it in our lives in our 24-hour day? Right? You know, how was your day? Yeah, well, I had 24 hours a day, but uh, one of those hours wasn't so good. But I had a great 20, 23 hours. You know, 23 hours is great. Oh, yeah, I slept well. I slept, I slept for a few of them, you know. And, and then my wife was talking to me. I slept some more. No, just kidding. Don't tell her that. <laughs> but we had we had a great day. Let's look at Proverbs chapter, uh, chapter 23, please. Chapter 23. Staying composed during, during a crisis. In all of our medical training, that I probably shouldn't speak on this because I'm not qualified, but I am semi-qualified. Um, you know, we learn, how, we learn certain simple things. But one of the things we do know, when you come upon a scene where there's a tremendous uh, situation and someone's maybe they're, they're bleeding out or something bad's going on, what do, you, what do you not say? Oh boy, you're not going to make it, Right? <laughs> That's not what you try to, you try to keep the patient down, calm, right? It's going to be all right. The med- medics are coming, they're on their way, you're doing great, just hang in there. You try to speak words of encouragement, right? Um, when, when we're in a bad situation, maybe, you know, if you're a doctor and you go in a patient, you're going to see the patient and the patient says, how bad is the dog? I don't know, but you're going to die real soon. You don't say that, right? They're not really good, they're not bedside, good bedside manners. Find a way. Say, well, you know, it's, it's not the best situation, but look, you know, and then you go into your, 
The same thing with our Christian walk, right? How do we talk to each other? How do we encourage one another? You know, we start, talk, start talking to people about their Christian walk. Some of the things that we'll hear out of, from people will amaze you. And you go, wait, you have what? Yeah, I've been living with this for the last 10 years. I never knew. How do you, how do you maintain such a great attitude? How do you, how do you right? We, we ought to talk more, I think. Maybe we ought to talk more. Especially, you know, older folks talking to younger folks. And that goes on every level, right? All the way down to our younger folks and say, yeah, these folks have some real hard hardships in life. I thought my, I thought it was terrible for me. I thought, no, oh, wait a minute. But then there's the brother so-and-so, sister so-and-so. They've been through, and they're still here. Wow. And there's nothing wrong with me. <laughs> and I'm struggling getting out of bed to come to worship. Really? Right? So, okay, Proverbs um, chapter 23 and verse 7. For as he thinks within himself, so is he. He says to you, eat and drink, and, but his heart is not with you. The principal idea there is, is eating the bread of a selfish or a stingy man. But the idea is what's in his mind, right? Whatever's in his mind is what he is. And so the question today is, when I think about that, what's truly in my mind? Because that's who I am. You, they, uh, what is it, the commercial? You are what you eat. Right? What have I been eating this week? What kind of sin? What kind, of, what kind of stuff have I been eating? Now, not physically, right? Spiritually. What have I been eating this week? Whatever I'm eating, I'm probably dishing out. Right? I'm, I'm probably giving out a different vibe because I'm eating, maybe I'm eating a bunch of the negatives. And so if I eat a bunch of negatives, I'm going to probably give out a bunch of negatives. If I'm eating a bunch of positives, I'm probably going to give out some positive vibes, right? So as God's children, if we talk to each other, I'll bet you will learn to be more positive because my job is the same as your job. My job is to encourage you, and your job is to encourage me. Not with fluff, right? Not with fluff. That doesn't encourage us, but rather to give us truth, to lift each other up, right? Say, you know what? Wow. But just remember this. Like old brother Larry used to say, it's all going to burn up. Don't worry about it. It's not going to be there on Judgment Day. Not a big deal. Don't worry about it. Hold on. Hold on to Jesus. I heard some words from an old lady. She was a, 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 one, of the, one of my mothers in the gospel a long time ago. Uh, she's passed away. And uh, she would say things to me. She was a nurse. She would say things to me. Just blow my mind. I go, okay. <laughs> I won't even say them while we're standing up here. And then she would say, I would go, okay. <laughs> Got it. Um, basically, she was saying, get up and get back out there. And you know who said that? God said it to Elijah. 1 Kings 19. Oh God, they torn down your altars. I mean, I'm the only one left. And God says, oh, okay. All right, now you're done. Get up and go back out there. That's in 1 Kings 19. He was depressed. Remember, he was depressed. And then, and then the Spirit came upon him and he ran. And I mean, it was, that's an amazing account. When you think about depression, go to that chapter. God didn't say, oh, you know... God just said, okay, when you're finished, i got work for you to do. <laughs> the greatest thing for a person in depression, get to work. You know, maybe exercise, whatever it is, do something, right, instead of remaining in our pity party. Okay, um, we'll come back. Our time, is, our time is up. The bell's going to ring in just a moment. I really appreciate your, 
uh, your participation in our Bible class uh, because you helped to make it alive and uh, enriching for me as well as I hope it also is for you. So um, let's keep the conversation going and let's come back globally next uh, Wednesday and pick up where we left off. Thank you very much. And we're dismissed for a moment.